the Publishing Persuasion. I am Angela Montoya, author of Sinner's Isle, coming out fall 2023, along with this beautiful, devilish, moonshine, uh, starshine queen. <laughs> I don't know why I went with devilish, but she's a, she's got the vibes right now. She I is the moons and the moon here. Mooney and Moody over there in Australia because it is winter time and she is vibing and I'm over here burning my ass off so whatever. Hi Melanie, how are you? <laughs> Cold, yes, but good. And I just honestly, we just had a mirror on and she's just the sweetest and just so much fun. Just like can't wipe the smile off my face after that interview. What a pleasure. Absolutely. What a pleasure. She just had this like <sighs> calming, confident yes. presence. And I can see why people would want her as their agent because she just has that vibe of like, well, she's a, she's a fire. Oh, wait, never mind. I don't want to spoil anything. Never mind. <laughs> why we believe she is fierce. Yeah. We know. Maybe a little vengeful even, but. <laughs> you know what? It's like, I keep thinking, I read somewhere one day that quote, energy doesn't lie. You know, mm. and you just get a vibe about someone's energy. And like, I'm finding that like, it kind of almost doesn't matter sometimes what someone says. It's like how they say it, the way their energy is, like whether they're shy or outgoing or whatever. There's just like a, a type of energy, like that's just so nice and good and know just good people do you know what I mean like yeah. do you know what I'm talking about do I sound like I've lost it <laughs> <laughs> no no you have not and um I think we've talked about this like the energy you put out you know and it's like the wait have we we've talked about oh, yeah this. your vibe you, attracts yeah. your tribe Yes, you you always say it much better. I just said, you know, the thing, and then I'll let you know. <laughs> but I knew because we're connected at the brain. Yeah. So we're I vibing. knew what you were gonna say. We're vibing. <laughs> yeah. I knew you knew what I meant. So thank you for that. I totally knew. <laughs> well, before we forget, let's read her bio because it's amazing. Do you want me to do it today? Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do it? I don't mind. No, no. <laughs> No, you go ahead. Your your voice is is sexy, so just. <laughs> well, thank you, baby. <laughs> it's so funny because I used to be so self conscious when I was young about my voice because I have such a deep voice for a girl. And it. the older I've gotten, the more I love it. I'm just like it's sultry. It's sultry, and it's and so. because of kind people like you telling me they love it, I began to love it too. You know. Oh, um, sultry. <laughs> Back to Amira's bio. bio. Okay, now I'm going to fuck this shit up so bad. (laughs) I can't even say the word bio. Okay, composure. Amira Holiday is a dancer and a self-proclaimed poetess from San Diego. You know, I wish we, whenever it said something like this, we'd have to ask them, would they share a poem of theirs or something, eh? Oh, I love that. To do that because... I'm sure if it's in their bio, they would have something beautiful that they might want to share. So let's think oh, of that next time. I love that. I would love to read something, Amira. Yes, me I, too. A okay. dancer and a self-proclaimed poetess from San Diego, California. She received her bachelor's degree in English. English. <laughs> See, I knew I was destined for doom today. 
Um, she received her bachelor's degree in English literature from San Diego State University. Holiday is a former editorial assistant intern for Poetry International and currently serves as an associate agent for Serendipity Literary Agency. She is also an editorial director for the San Diego Poetry Annual and editor for Kids San Diego Poetry Annual. <laughs> Do you like how I said kids? Because <laughs> there's the next mark there. <laughs> You should have read it today. <laughs> I psyched myself out. Yeah. It, we, that happens. That's normal, right? I mean, the brain is weird. Like, I, I kid you not, I knew, I knew that we had this interview scheduled for Monday. But my brain said, no, no, you're wrong. It's Tuesday. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So, yeah. Um, the brain works in mysterious ways. She does what she wants. She does. And you know what, though? You've done so amazing with all the times. It is hard to keep track. Honestly, I can't stop telling myself that it's Friday today because we usually record on Friday. So oh, yeah. don't even worry. The one thing I have to show you, we're keeping today's intro short. The one thing I have to show you is da-da-da-da. We look good, baby, on them totes. We look so good and um, just stay tuned listeners because I've got badges coming and I can't wait to see. Um, we've seen some merch trickling through. I've got stickers. So yeah, when um, <laughs> when our when the badges come, I'm going to do a giveaway to celebrate our merch. And so stay tuned listeners. I may give away, I bought one extra. I didn't realize. So I might do a double giveaway. We'll see. Or I might find, I might give that one to someone. I don't know. We'll see. But there will be a merchandise giveaway, so keep your eyes and ears peeled. I'll have to decide how we can think of a winner. But, yeah, I cannot wait to share this episode with yeah. our listeners because Amira is just such a sweetheart and such, you know, like a quiet power. You yeah, know, like oh, some, I like that. Yeah, you know, like some people don't have to say much and you just listen. And mm. they, they don't have to raise their voice to command the room. And I feel like she has that kind of fire, fire mm. presence. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a little something for later when we learn what nation she is from Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think you just spilled the beans. <laughs> I'll say wanky trying to describe what I was saying. I'm just like... I think you spilled the beans. <laughs> She's firebender. Okay. She's firebender. And I was like, when you were saying it before, I was like, we know what you're talking about, but our list is going to have no clue. So it just sounds super wanky. When I... So, yeah, I tried to um do a thing and I failed. And yes, no. we're going to talk about it later. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having my back there because you're right. I did mention. <laughs> We're talking about something and it made no sense. So thank you. You tried. You really tried. <laughs> I tried to do a thing. I failed. But what we did not fail in, Segway Master. <laughs> Is it <laughs> how incredible? Should I do that again? What we did not fail in was our incredible interview with Amira Holiday. So without further ado, here she is. Hi, Amira. Welcome. I was just, Hi. I just have to say, I am so sorry about my 
date mix up. I even, I wrote it on the calendar as Monday, but my brain was like, no bitch, it's Tuesday. And then you emailed me and was like, um, where's the link? And I was like, uh-oh. So I apologize. My brain was, was in Australia. So I- <laughs> <laughs> Don't you blame Australia, girl. I'll come for you. <laughs> We're working with too many time zones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's complicated. Are you uh, um, East Coast, West Coast? You're West Coast. Okay. Mm-hmm. In California. I, I knew that actually. So I, I, I feel it. I can feel it from here, West Coast girls. So yeah. <laughs> Are you live near each other? Like the probably same? not. I'm probably not. I'm Northern California. Uh, I'm in um, San Diego, Southern California. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of jealous of you, but that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being so flexible and, and coming on. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've been listening to your podcast like all week, so I'm ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't that's know why I always feel so shy when people tell, when our guests come on and like, I know it makes sense. Like I would also listen to a podcast before I came on, but I suddenly feel so shy when you're like, I've been listening to the podcast with you. And I'm like, oh, thank you. It's like eavesdropping a little bit. Like I'm listening in on your conversations. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But that's what we love about this show is that it just really is just a conversation. And it's just a chat between new friends, old friends uh, about the thing we love, which is this publishing, which is books. And so um, we're always so excited to have people, agents, you know, the other side of the bookish world, because we talk to authors all the time. We are authors. So to get a a little peek into the behind the scenes is just, it's always so fun. (laughs) Yeah. I'm always excited to talk to authors because I don't really write at all. So (laughs) the concept of you like creating whole worlds in your minds and whole characters and personalities, I'm always like, oh my God, how did you do that? I don't know it is (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point Angela I I definitely have that moment every now and then when between projects and I'm just like I don't know if I remember how to do this like can I do this can I the daunting blank page like can I fill this with words enough to be a work so (laughs) we ask the question as well (laughs) but why don't you go to the start tell us what got you interested in agenting Oh gosh. Well, I knew that I wanted to be involved in books somehow, but I knew that I couldn't write. I took a creative writing class and immediately I was like, okay, that's not my thing. Um, But I knew I wanted to be involved somehow. And so I took a class that kind of was like partially copywriting, partially editing. And then we like created a chat book at the end. And so that kind of gave me a gist into like a small peek into each little individual section of what publishing could be like. And I knew that like, I wasn't very good at editing. Copy editing wasn't my favorite thing to do. Um, I'm a terrible speller. So I knew (laughs) copy editing wasn't going to be for me. And so um, I happened upon like the section in which we talked about um, agenting and I was like, okay, well, this kind of sounds like something I could potentially do. Mm. Yeah. I love that you said you're a terrible speller. I feel so seen. Like the other day I literally got sassed by the Merriam-Webster dictionary when I looked something up and on Google it came up and it said this is basically how fools spell it <laughs> I was like oh damn Merriam-Webster like, why do 
that. But you know what? I'm just going to say it. Maybe there are people out there who know how to spell all the words first go, but I still have a little private party if I get the big word right on the first go. Hey, uh, I have, I was like talking to one of my, um to my niece and I was like, oh, don't you hate it when like you're trying to spell a word and um, predictive text doesn't figure it out? And she was like, that's literally never happened to me ever. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'm alone. Yeah, never, it must be alone. nice. It must be nice because yeah, predictive text, sometimes I swear they just, it, if it could look at me would just give me like the stink eye. I'm just like, look, you're not helping us at all. Uh, computer help me so you're with um serendipity agency can right, you yes. can you um tell us how you found that agency in particular and what drew you to work with them oh yes so i've been with serendipity about three years now and i kind of came in through a mutual friend who is a client of theirs um i was trying to look for a way to get into agenting. And it's really hard to do, especially outside of New York. So I had taken on um, like social media jobs and I was doing publicity for authors who were on their book tours. I would like post on their Instagram and their Twitter, um, all of their content on their tours. And so I was working with this author who happens to be a serendipity lit client. And at the end of her tour, um, after I was done posting all her stuff and we had like a big party, I was like, do you mind introducing me to your agent? Um, so she introduced me to Regina Brooks and I interned with them for about a year before I started agenting. Wow. Wow. I love that. Yeah. It's all about kind of the end, right. Of just finding yeah. networking, which is, you know, an, another reason why we love doing the podcast, because it's just, you, you know, just meeting new people and talking and help and boosting each other. And so I love that that you first were helping authors already before you were even an agent, which is amazing. Yes. Um, yeah, you got to get creative when you want to be an agent because there's no there's no right path into it. You kind of just stumble upon it, intern and intern until you're there. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds a lot like writing. Like we talk about that a lot, how there's yeah. kind of like no clear path. Like there are courses you can do that contribute to your publishing journey but there's like not this one straight course that maps out the whole journey through to publication. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what sort of genres do you represent? Oh gosh. I like to say that I'm open to everything. I'll at least take a look at everything. Um, I tend to find that like I shy away from horror because I'm a little bit of a baby when it comes to reading horror. Um, but watching it, I'm fine. It's just like in my head, I can't deal with it. Um, <laughs> um, what else? I'm not too big on historical, but I think I just haven't found the right historical fiction for me. Um, I really love rom-coms. I love fantasy, specifically in like the magic, witchcraft kind of space, supernatural. Um, if it has witches, I love it. If it's vampires, I'm there. Um, so a little bit of everything, lots of fiction. I, I feel you about the horror though, because like, well, I, I honestly can't even really watch it yeah. that much anymore, which when I was a kid, like give it to me, I would sit alone in the dark. I'd be fine. Really? But, oh yeah. Like I, who cares? I'm ready. Bring it. I am ready for whoever bring it, come into the house. I'm, I'm ready. But like, as I, <laughs> As I grew up and like had kids for some reason, I watched um, 40 Days of Night and it traumatized me because I was thinking <laughs> if a vampire came into my town, I, 
I couldn't, how would I defend, you know, against this? and then I just couldn't watch it anymore. So yeah, I totally agree on that as well. I have like a radar for like, it just depends on the horror, right? Like I had a super religious upbringing. So anything with like mm. demons that are too close to the demons that I was frightened with back when I was a kid is going to be a no deal. Like that nice. stays with me for, I can still remember like the three horror, three, clearly <laughs> three <laughs> horror movies I went to in high school just because I was crushing on a boy <laughs> and I was just trauma. I can still remember. I still have trauma from that. <laughs> so no horror. <laughs> Yeah, I'll watch it, but I can't read it. Something about being so invested in, in the scene and like reading is just too much for me. I think I took I took a horror um, like genre class in college and we just read like horror books for like a full semester. And that's when I was like, no, I can't do it. I was having nightmares. I was terrified. It's like, okay, well, now I know this about myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you recognize it. We understand it. Mm-hmm. We will stay away. That's good. I think it's good. Is there any type of genre that you just can't get enough of? Oh gosh. Um, probably fantasy and I would say rom-coms. I'm like a sucker for like a Nicola Yoon kind of book where like there's that slow burn romance or like Christina Forrest. I'm like a huge fan of hers. Anything where like there's a slow burn romance and that's kind of like what's moving the story um, with like little quirky things about it. I absolutely love it. And I would say fantasy too. Um, not necessarily like science fiction, although I'm open to it, but I love like creating new worlds. I love multiple POVs, anything where you're like creating your own system or your own folklore. I'm all the way there. I think I just read like Legendborn recently, which like focuses on like, yes, King Arthur. And I was obsessed with it. I stayed up like all night to finish reading it. Same. No, I literally, I just finished it a couple of days ago. I had the audio book and I was I was cleaning the house just so I could keep listening. So <laughs> house is looking good. <laughs> it's really good. It's um, funny you mentioned Nicola Yoon because my 14 my year old just does not really read. When she does read, like she'll be obsessed with a book and Nicola Yoon's books, she just can't, like she just reads them, like devours them. Mm-hmm. And um, actually I, I'm my book, I sold my book under uh, Joy Revolution, which is, mm-hmm. you know, under Nicola Yoon. And so um, we had like this Zoom meeting and I was just looking at her like, I can't wait to tell my daughter, like I'm talking yeah. to her, you know? So it's just, it's so fun. I love when authors can just like suck you in, especially for teenagers who just really don't like to read. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what we come for, isn't it? That kind of immersive, lose yourself in the story. It's just mm-hmm. like the best. I just um, I totally binged. Have you seen Boo Bitch on Netflix yet? No, I binged it so hard. It's got oh, that just from to all the boys I loved. Yes, I just finished that. I I binged that <laughs> so, so hard, and I think feel like once you're immersed in it, you just want to kind of gobble it up quickly. And I love that mm-hmm. feeling of just like. I have to hit next. I have to hit next because yeah. then you just know the writer is pure fire and right. Yeah. So what makes a manuscript really stand out for you? Like you must read so many queries a day. What do you, what kind of like has that star quality for you or what's some do's and don'ts for you? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> um, let me think. <laughs> I would say some of the things that make 
um, make it stand out to me are like connection to the story. And if it feels really grounded, even though I do love to read a lot of fantasy, if it feels like I could stumble upon that magic, like in my regular life or that kind of um, system in my regular life, I love stuff like that. I also really like stories that feel like they're introducing you to the person and then like their world around them. So anything where like you're meeting the character and you're also meeting their neighborhood, I love that. You're meeting like their people, their culture, um, like their friends on the block. All of that is like fantastic to me because I like, I really love to see like setting and plot. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. A good like blend of just where it just, it seems like you love something that just feels natural and mm -hmm. kind of yeah. I want to feel like I could live there. I think that that's like important to me. So like I connect to the character. I could live in that world. I could show you where the story is if I need to, like <laughs> that's important. Yeah. Yes, I love that, especially like especially like a witchy book, right? Where you're like, mm -hmm. I know the town, and yeah, yes. I'm here for it. I love that so much. So, what does it take to get an offer of representation from you? I think that when I talk to authors, I really like to make sure that we understand that like we're going to be in a relationship together, and so I really like to get a feel of the projects that they have coming up, not necessarily just the project they're working on, but also like what their style is like. Are they comfortable like taking feedback? Do they like phone calls versus like text messages? Are you comfortable with emails? All of that kind of banter that has to happen quick and easy, that's really important to me. Um, I think dealing with a lot of like the relationship element is probably key into like the longevity of working with your agent. You know, ideally you want to find an agent and be working with them for the length of your career as long as possible. And so knowing that we have that trust and that you know that I have your back and I know that you're working hard, all of that is really important. Mm, I hear that 100%. Yeah, is there something you wish authors knew before querying or before jumping on a call with an agent? I'd probably say that you want to look for people that you can trust. And it's okay to be a little picky when you're trying to pick your agent. Um, I know that's like not something that you would expect me to say, but I think it's okay to be a little picky because it's going to be a relationship. Um, you have to trust this person. And so do your research. Definitely try to check in and make sure that they wrap the things that you like, but they're also open to the things you might be open to. If you're writing picture books now, but you want to write like adult fiction later on in life, um, make sure you're finding someone who's comfortable with that or who's comfortable enough to show you where to go if you need to leave. Um, I think that's really important. I'd also say that authors shouldn't take it too personal if we're taking a long time reading your manuscript. <laughs> I know everyone's probably saying that, but I know I'm a slow reader and I know I probably chose the wrong industry as a slow reader, but that just, <laughs> it is what it is. And so it takes me a while. And I also feel like when I find something, even if I speed through it, I really have to like sit with it for a couple of days. And I think the true tell to me, if I love a book is I'm still thinking about it like two or three days later. Mm. I've been thinking about this a lot lately about reframing like the time periods that we think we should hear back from agents and editors and whatnot, because you're so right. Like, and, and I think even if you are a quick reader, it's like, I have like five books on hold right now and I love all of them that I'm reading and I just can't keep up with it all. I'm drafting at the moment. So I just don't have the mental energy to read that much. And like, we just had two years of pandemic, you know, there's like so many <laughs> external factors that can make it quite slow. 
And not to mention all the agents we have on, it's quite obvious that your workload is immense. It's not just one book. It's like all your existing clients and everything. And I really love when agents bring this up because I think if we can reframe the it's okay not to hear from someone for months and months and months, it doesn't even mean no. It might even be a great sign if they've held mm -hmm. on to your manuscript that long. Yeah, I know in our agency, um, because I'm an associate agent and I work in tandem with my boss, um, a lot of my process deals with me having to pitch the book to her and show that I can successfully pitch it to her. And so I have to like take time to be able to do that, to get myself together to pitch it. And so that also kind of takes time into the, how fast I can reply to the author. So it all just kind of depends on what the agent's process is like and how many people they're working with. Um, I know a lot of times, like if you're in the middle of contracts and sometimes the stuff you're reading is not necessarily going to take priority. And so timeline is definitely, you have to have some grace with it. Mm. And this is why I love having agents on because it really does, I, I hope, ease our mm. listeners' minds a little bit, you know, because I'm sure they're, they're researching you, they're like obsessed with you, and then maybe don't hear anything for a little bit. And so, you know, having things like this, where you get a peek behind the curtain and understand that there's so much happening at any given moment. And then that's why things take so long is just because there's a million things happening for, for all of you guys at any given moment. And so um, this makes me think of our next question, which kind of blends right into it, which is what is the day in the life of an agent look like for you? Well, <laughs> usually a lot of emails. I think I keep my email open and just like in the background at all times throughout the day. I even have it on my phone so I can check emails then. Um, I start my day probably answering pressing emails, um, answering any kind of social media callings because a lot of times we'll get submissions or um, do pitch events online. And so I'll do a lot of those. Uh, I usually check in with my agency and we have a lot of communication. So we talk about the books we have coming out, the things we're looking at, um, get feedback on covers and things like that. And then I usually talk to a few editors or check some editor emails. Um, I'll probably put together a pitch or look at a pitch that I've been trying to work on um, and then try to do some reading towards the end of the day. So it's a lot of like <laughs> checking in on things that have been going on for a long time. It's like going down my checklist of all of the things that I've had out or had working in the background and then going in and trying to find some new things as well. Yeah. Do you have a favorite part of the process of being an agent? I really do like reading manuscripts. I know that that's like the lengthy part and it takes a long time, but it's like finding your favorite book over and over again. Like that's basically my job. I get to like look for my favorite book at all times. And so whenever I find something in slush or through a Twitter event and like, I really love it. That's my favorite part. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. Because at the end of the day, it's really about the book. And so mm -hmm. to have an agent that that knows it's really about the book is is the best and that's what you want in an agent is to have someone that that your book is their favorite book you know um, among all her favorite books but you're part of that like we all have a million favorite books right so you just to know that that's what makes you happy in being an agent is just like makes my heart happy too so, yes, yeah. I, <laughs> I love like 
fandoms. I've been like <laughs> big into fandoms um, all my life. And so I'd like to tell my my clients that like, even if no one is reading your book, I'm like your number one fan. Like I am the head of your fandom. And so even if that book doesn't sell, I know what you can do. And I'm going to be talking about it forever, even if no one ever gets to read it. So it's fine. I, I love that. No, okay. I want to ask, this wasn't on the list, but do you have a fandom that you are like, all about like what's what what are we vibing what are we what are we cosplaying in? <laughs> oh gosh um avatar that last airbender of course yes um, <laughs> we just became um, best friends you didn't know we were about to become best friends but we just did i literally have uncle iroh there watching us up on my shelf <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i love it i love it this is how you make friends through fandom yes. um twilight i was a huge twilight fan um, I was a huge fan and still am of the original Charmed series. Yes. I loved it. The like <laughs> magical witches and girls who say themselves. It's like my favorite thing. Um, what else? I'm like a huge fan of like Boy Meets World. Uh, <laughs> and I bring this up everywhere I go. But I really love the concept of like friendship being the important um, relationship in your life and how that is kind of the key relationship throughout the whole series and the romance kind of plays in the background and I love that about the series so I'll write for any series like that oh I love that bring back boy meets world thank you for that <laughs> did you ever watch girl meets world I did okay I, did. I, I watched never, the whole I never thing saw it. was it good it was it was really cute I was proud of it as far as like reboots go I was like they did a good job <laughs> yes yeah, so they brought they had so many reboots like and I think we all needed it right during mm -hmm. it was like 2020 and on up I mean we watched every fuller house and cringed right. through the entire thing but we <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> but couldn't stop no couldn't stop at all um I just saw on Facebook of all places actually a petition to reboot charmed with the original cast Really? And I was like, oh gosh, like all of them, Shannon Doherty, like every, all of them. And I was like, this could be something. And it had like, I don't know how many thousands of um, signatures, but I was like, should I, should I sign this? <laughs> People would be here for it. I feel like that genre in particular, they wouldn't care how much the main characters have aged. There would be like an authenticity to having the originals that people would just live for. <laughs> Right. I think you can get away with a lot in fantasy, including the fact that the characters are a lot older now. Like, it's fine. We don't care. Yeah, I know. Hocus Pocus, the second one comes out yes. this year, which I've been dying about. And they look great. All three of them. I don't know if it's just the magic of a little zhuzh here or there, but they look fantastic and I'm here for it. <laughs> I am too. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, I got distracted from our questions, but there was a yeah. happy distraction. Yeah. Um, I think we have to bring it back down to the dark <laughs> side, though, because I saw our next question, which is, uh, what's the hardest part yes. about being an agent? <laughs> the hardest part about being an agent? Um, I would say it's one of the hardest parts and not so hard parts once you start, and that's networking. Mm. I as a bookish person tend to be a little bit of an introvert and so having to like really put myself out introduce myself to people was so hard at first especially like during the pandemic and you're picking up the phone and calling people you don't know and chatting with them it was so intimidating mm -hmm. um but then you realize that like 
<laughs> all of the things that you never want to talk about out loud, like how much you love the character in Avatar, The Last Airbender, are like the things these people want to talk about. And so <laughs> it stops being intimidating mm-hmm. once you realize that like these are the people who want to spend 20 minutes talking about your favorite character in a book series. Yes, that's the truth. And yeah, bookish people are just a special sort of people. Yeah, and and that's part of the reason, again, I'm that we like love this podcast and, and the guests that we've had on. Um, one of our friends asked, like, how are you guys getting these amazing guests? And a lot of it is because of our friend, Jessica Para. She knows just everybody. Uh-huh. Thank, thank Para. <laughs> praise Para. Um, but, like, <laughs> you know, but a lot of it is just, just asking and yeah. just being okay with a no, but networking, which was a huge fear for me was to, to slide into it someone's DMs and be like, hey, we're starting this thing. Um, but like, it becomes less scary as you, you know, move on. And I think you're right. It's like, then you realize a, a lot of us all have this bond of story mm-hmm. and it, it's this yeah. beautiful thing. And the nose, the nose hurt, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> and a lot of us, yeah. I think are introverted too. And that's what I've found comforting that like all my kind of anxious overthinking parts of myself that I would think are not pleasing to people that my bookish community think that like that's gangster about me (laughs) like they love it and it's kind of like you feel like I find that once that pressure is off me to kind of like do the thing I can do it you know like having a podcast or like and like I'm like shy and anxious to the point like I will literally be like do I have to ring that restaurant is there a way I can like email them (laughs) instead of ring them but you're right like once you start doing it more and more you kind of like realize that like as a general like people aren't out to get you and people kind of (laughs) like those little things about you that you might think that you that they wouldn't right yeah it's it's a tough thing to convince yourself of all the time but you just have to take the leap and just do it and that's easier said than done but it's true it's I I like what you said you have to convince yourself because that really is it for introverts right it's like okay you can do this you're gonna be fine mm-hmm. just pick up the phone I mean it's something I I deal with on an hourly basis so I felt that <laughs> in my core <laughs> but I feel like um something introverts don't always dislike people we just have small amounts of energy and whatnot that we have to give and I find that if with the right people the good that comes back from it always outweighs what it took from me to give it and that's the push community to me completely like just yeah it costs a lot to like be doing all the networking things and whatever but it gives back just as much as it takes and more and it and I realize I can't say I'm not a people person (laughs) no one will believe it I don't believe it I love people it's just that yeah like I have to be conscious of what energy I have to give and like and the bookish people get it yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, okay I see Mm. how do you balance things to manage or avoid burnout oh god (laughs) I don't think I do (laughs) being honest I I know yeah I know that um and I've talked to a lot of agents about this and I've found that it just takes practice I think I might be a little bit too new in the game to really know how to like balance my life and like not be reading a manuscript at all hours of the day and night um, or not check my email furiously all the time 
I also think it doesn't help that I'm not on the East Coast. So like <laughs> business hours started like 6 a.m. for me and it's fine. I'm just up. Um, I I want to say that like I try to sprinkle in moments of like peace, moments of quiet, moments when I'm not actively reading mm-hmm. or thinking about the business. Um, but they're they're at random. I don't make time for them like I should. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I was feeling it this morning. I was like, because I was, I got up, I got up to write, but I was like, no, mm-mm, yeah. not happening. So sometimes you just have to find those moments. Yes, I was just listening to your podcast and Melanie was saying something about like doing yoga every day yeah. or every week. And I was like, I got to start doing that. <laughs> How did I lose my yoga? It saves me. Like, I wish I did it every day. Like when my body, when I've got a lot of like anxiety tensions, it's every day. But like, sometimes if I'm like more relaxed, I'll get a bit slack and I'll be like, oh, how many times did I do it this week? But if I don't do it at all during the week, I feel like a hundred year old woman. Like the, it is extreme for me, the difference between doing it and not doing it. Okay. Well, we all have to do yoga then. We'll have to keep each other accountable because I feel it. I need to do it. I did it once last week. <laughs> which was great ah. thank you thank it you. doesn't feel good actually at the start I find like you can actually no. feel quite sick like when you run and you feel like overexerted I nearly threw up the first time I did yoga because I'm okay, good. I feel better then because I did feel like throwing up so yeah good. the first few times I did because you're moving pathways in your body that haven't been activated ever maybe mm-hmm. so persevere. That. that's a good sign you did it right Okay, good. Because I was like, oh, what's this heartburn? Um, So that's good to know. (laughs) And then that makes you never want to do it again. You're like, "Ah, I did it wrong. So you did it right. Okay, well, we'll all have to stay on it then. Uh, So, What advice would you give authors before they start querying or even during this whole query process? Um, I would say take your time you know, find the agent that's right for you. I'd also say that I know personally, I tend to do a lot of R&Rs and I know they they can be kind of daunting because it makes you want to like change your manuscript immediately when you get an Mm -hmm. R&R. But take your time with it. You don't necessarily have to take someone's feedback just because they provide it. It has to be true to your story and true to your voice. And so a lot of times I send out notes and things like that. And I'm like, you know, if you want, like you're open to sending it back to me, but um, you don't have to do this just because I think it's right because what's right for one agent may not be right for someone else. So take your time and try to stay true to your story and your voice and what you want out of the project. Mm, I think that's perfect advice. I think it's something we could all listen to in any stage of our sort of career, you know, cause we always feel like we got to rush for some yeah. reason, but, but, but why? you know, take your time. I love that. Yes. And since you like totally opposite direction of that question, but since you brought up Avatar Last Airbender, I have to know what a tribe, Fire Nation, Airbender, what is your, where do you slot in into my Avatar world? (laughs) Oh gosh. You know, I want to say something cute, like Water Tribe, but really Fire Nation. I think I have Fire Nation. (laughs) I love it. I just, yeah, I know that like, I have it in me to just like be vengeful and just like and hold that anger. And so I feel like it's only fair. That is the best answer I've ever had. Yes. Yes, I am here for it. 
Well, now I have to continue to watch Airbent, uh, whatever it's called, Avatar. I started, <laughs> I started. Oh, you I started? I did. And I'm here for the firebender vibes because they are not bad looking either. Right. I, just, <laughs> I mean, I know it's a cartoon, so maybe I shouldn't have been even thinking that. No, I put on Fire Nation all the time. Yeah. You're not the first. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Because I just felt weird after I said that. No, I don't feel weird. Just wait until Zuko takes off his shirt. You'll fangirl so hard. <laughs> yeah. And when you get to Korra, then, then it gets yes. a little weirder. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am ready. I'm going to continue. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. You're going to love it. I'm excited Thanks. for her too, watching it the first time. Because my husband and I, we've seen it like, I've actually lost count of how many times we've rewatched it. And so I'm excited for someone to see it from fresh, pure and fresh. You've never seen it before. <laughs> I'm fresh. Yeah. I am here for it. I'm fresh. Well, Amir, it's been so wonderful having you on. I see our time is right at the very end. Did you have any final words you wanted to pass on to our listeners? I guess I would say to just, you know, be true to your voice, be true to yourself and just keep trying. I know this is a long process. It's long for us too on this end. I know getting rejection sucks. We're all getting rejections, editors, agents all the time. We're all getting rejected all the time and we're trying to power through. Um, just look for your community, look for people who can support you. And even if you can't find those people necessarily in the bookish world, look to the people in your life, you know, um, the people in your life are usually willing to, at the very least, listen to you talk about your characters if they don't want to read about them. Um, and so <laughs> any kind of support you can have, you should take it because this is a long process and it's a journey and you need all the help you can get. Mm. That's it right there. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you or even submit to you, query you? Yes. Um, our submission box is currently not open through Serendipity Lit, but we do participate in most of the Twitter events. So go ahead and follow us on Serendipity Lit on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can also follow my personal Twitter at Miss underscore Holiday 93. And you can kind of see what I'm looking for, what I'm reading or see me talk about all my dying plants. Um, and yeah, check out our Serendipity Lit website for all of our information and our Serendipity Lit newsletter for things we have going on in the agency. Perfect. Thank yeah, you. I can I can feel you on the dying plants as I was just plant. looking at Angela <laughs> in the back. <laughs> it's so, so hard. It is. They're the worst. For something that grows outside, they're so needy. I don't understand. <laughs> I know this this bitch was dead and then I went outside and came back and so I brought it back in. Angela, you do not get to say that. That poor plant has not been getting any light in that corner. <laughs> you don't get to say, I don't know why it's dying. The poor bitch is dying because she don't get no light. There's a window right there. It's close enough. <laughs> All right. After this, I'm opening the window. Fine. <laughs> it's hot here. What can I tell you? <laughs> Amira, you are officially one of us. You are a part of our little crew. Um, we have bonded over all sorts of things during this <laughs> Just thank you so much, honestly, for being you and for being amazing and for joining us on this um, fun, fun episode. 
Thank you so much for having me. Keep doing amazing work. I'm going to be listening and I appreciate you both so much. And Jessica. Yes, always Jessica. We have to always yes. give her. Yes. Shout out to our mama judge, Jessica Para. We love you. We appreciate you. <laughs> so thank All you right. very much. It's going to cut us off any second. And yeah, have thank a you. wonderful night. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> we hit that one. We hit yeah. it on. <laughs> I'm going to just leave all that in, basically. <laughs> Am I allowed to say wanky on air? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Does it, what does it mean over there? Wank. Oh, like a, like a pee pee. No, wank oh. means to masturbate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, kind of like a weirdly adorable way to say it. Oh, you wanker. That's, that's inappropriate. You wanker derogatory, but it's like people. It's, it sounds better when, when you, cause you guys don't do the hard R like we do. So it's wanker, but you're like wanker. Yeah. Yours sounds angry. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? I'm glad you said that. Cause I wouldn't have thought that, but that's what I think about British people, which is why I say it. Cause when I watch British TV, they say it so casually. I'm like, Oh, what a wanker. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, what a wanker. <laughs> okay, you I'm can only like, say uh, it with a British accent. Yeah. From now on, whenever you say a naughty word, just say it with a British accent. Yes. I love that plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of my favorite British cusses, like what a twat. And I heard American TV use it recently. And I was like, I didn't know you guys were using that now. It's also I, like a cute slang for female bits. You're, okay. It's like C-U-N-T, but like, but, cute. It, it, but it's cute. It's super cute. <laughs> <laughs> go, go. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. go. And I'm just talking absolute bile at this point. So go pick up your son. Good work. I'm gonna go have a wanker. Okay, bye. <laughs> Hopefully, no? not on the way to pick up your son. <laughs> no, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay, bye. bye.